Welcome to the Sister Time Podcast. Bum, bum, the show bum. about shows you forgot. You thought you dreamt it up, but you didn't. It was real, and it's terrible, and we watched it for you. Because we can. That was the sound of me opening alcohol, which is the only way I can deal with the horrible things we have to talk about today. I've been drinking since noon. It's Valentine's Day. It is. My boyfriend's here. He came here from Toronto, which is where he lives. What do you do with your Valentine's Day? Well, today we watched The Hilarious House of Frankenstein. Oh, how romantic. Which is the topic of this week's show. David, David Gilbert, you've done this to us. How you did this? Can you sleep at night knowing that you made us watch that? I was so excited. Vincent Price was in it. It had makeup and a vampire and puppets, and I was just like, "This is the shit I like. This is there all the is so shit much I like. promise." And I was instantly. You actually sound like you're crying a little bit. Are you crying on a the inside? Maybe I don't know. I try not to show my tears to the world, but. <laughs> So, The Hilarious House of Frightenstein is a slightly horror-themed variety show for children hosted by Vincent Price and starring, like, two other people, including Billy Van, who plays all the other roles on the show. It is awkward and slightly educational and, above all, unwatchable. I could barely look at it because I could see in their faces them struggling to come up with lines because almost all of it is ad-libbed. I saw an interview with the guy and he was just like, yeah, at first we had like 30% of it scripted, but then later on, 10% scripted. 10%? Because they sometimes will like talk over each other, like the phone will ring before they're done saying whatever line they're saying because it's all made up. All 130 episodes were filmed in like one nine month period. They would just spend a whole day filming a bunch of this one kind of segment that they had. And how long is it, Abby? Each episode is 45 minutes. 45 horrible minutes yep. of small segments about many different characters. So Yeah, so it's basically like, what did I say to you? It's like Monty Python and H.R. Puff and stuff and the Monster Mash had a baby. Does that sound accurate? But it's not a good baby. It's a very ugly, horrible child. Listening to you hate on it actually makes me want to rush to its defense a little bit. Well... Uh, don't. It doesn't need it. There are enough people who are defending it right now on the internet who watch it when they were kids. And when you're a kid and you're watching something, you're going to have a little bit of nostalgia for it. Like, you're going to yeah. actually care about it, even if it was actually just terrible. Yeah. So it's got, like, eight stars on IMDb. Which is out of ten. So it's, like, rated really well. Really? So, of course, going in, we were just like, whoa, this is going to rock. Because all these old people are like, oh, yeah. Best kids show ever. Kid. It's super good. Vince Price is so good. You're going to love it for Vince Price. Yeah. He's in it. He does. Every He's episode, in it. But and I don't know how. And whenever he talks, I liked that because his voice is beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing this world has to offer. I mean, had to. Offer. Oh, but the things that he's actually saying with his golden voice are weird poems about the upcoming, the upcoming segment. segment. That's kind of his whole role in this show is just they'll be like, ah, oh, here we're going to talk about the upcoming segment, a little talk with Vincent Price. The whole time I just had the overwhelming impression that everyone on the show was on PCP. Like, nobody made any sense. Everyone was just kind of Did like... Did they have PCP in the sentence? I don't know, maybe. They had acid in the sentence. Yeah, sure. Whatever they're on. on acid. That's the Some one. very strong mind-altering substance in order to, like... I mean, it is for kids. There's the thing, you know, it's for kids. And if you were, like, five years old, 
I think this show would be like outrageously hilarious and interesting. Maybe. Like imagine so. us as five year olds. What were we watching when we were five? Kablam? Kablam, yeah. Kablam's good shit though. But is it still? I'll Have you gone back to revisit uh, it recently? Sometimes. Remember? I mean there actually, were some segments that weren't as fun. Remember the poop jokes and stuff though? Do you <clears> think that Stinky Diver is still funny? Yes. Look, the flesh is even more hilarious now that I'm older. Is he? called the flesh yeah sure flesh is a very funny you, <laughs> you know i bet actually mom really liked that show too so yeah so it must be good mom has good taste right, right? yeah always her taste is objectively good yeah do you think it's just that like kids programming used to be such shit and then like sesame street made it so that it had to be a Kinda certain amount of good enough, yeah possibly i think it's also to do with the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of it, so this was kind of like a new thing. So, of course, the kids at the time had nothing like this. They didn't have anything much better. They had H.R. Puffin stuff, yeah. but I mean, come on. I can't watch that either, yeah. but for different reasons. This was 1971, by the way. Should have mentioned. Right. Old as hell. Sorry to people who were born before 1970. As I watched more of it, as I like got through a certain amount of it, it hurt less to watch. Like within For the first oh, no. like five it so minutes, it was really, me. really rough. But then after that, I was like, eh, it could be worse. Oh, wow. You leaned into it way more than I could ever do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know me. I don't skip shit. I watched through like 10 episodes of whatever garbage is on. How much did you make through this? Uh, I watched maybe parts of four episodes. That's more than I did. I I only watched like one and a half. Oh, no. I skipped most of it. Oh, okay. I skipped... I mean, you as kind of have to. As soon as the segment came up that I was like, mm, don't like and skip. Yeah, because you can kind of feel your brain starting to like, not like shut down, but like kind of. It's just screaming in pain. It would just be like, oh, look outside. Wow, a bird. That, Let's look over there. Literally anything is more interesting this. than this. But maybe it was funny for the time because people were sad and didn't have a lot of things that were funny. Or maybe there are a sense of I'm humor. I'm sorry. I'm being so wasn't... mean to people who were older. Well, no, you're being mean to people who were kids. When they were, like, sure. in, in, like, 1970. And, like, you know... I'm being mean to all of 1971, yeah. basically. So there were a lot of characters on this show, as it was a variety show. And we will discuss them now. So I think our main characters are the Count... Maybe is his name? The vampire guy. Um, and Count, Igor. Count Frightenstein. Is that a name? Okay. So their deal is they want to bring this guy, Brian, or whatever, is a Frankenstein, back to life. So they can all return to Transylvania. Even though I thought they were in Bruce. Transylvania. Bruce was there's, like, all this creepy place... Eh, Brian is better. Um, <laughs> yeah, they want to go back in, to Transylvania. Which I thought they were in, but okay. I'm not sure where they are. Their segments are kind of kind of based around that. Every now and then they'll be like, oh, we have to bring this guy back to life. But mostly it's nothing. It's nothing. They just sit there and they're like, oh, let's look at these flowers. Every episode they open with like Vincent Price talks. Then we skip to them and it's like, whoa, Igor, what's up today? Wow, how are you doing? You got some kind of prop. Let's riff off that, I guess. And then... They sing the national anthem of Transylvania. And I think Igor is some kind of professional singer. Which is set to the battle hymn of the Republic. And they've raised the flag. Ha ha. They actually lower it, but they call it raising. Because you see they're, I don't know, creepy Like, everything's the opposite in Transylvania. The one good thing I have to say about these guys is, I did not hear any fat jokes directed at Igor. Though he was a very large dude. They never joked about how he ate too much. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because, of course, that's, like, the joke that everybody does. Yeah. I watched, like, four episodes and never heard any fat jokes about him, so that was nice. Might be because it's a Canadian show. They like people in Canada, maybe. Yeah, they're, like, too nice. They talk behind their backs, I'm sure. Literally every other character is a horrific racial stereotype. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Oracle. 
probably racist. I am not sure who it's supposed to be racist to. <laughs> maybe people from Asia. Maybe like quote unquote Persians. I wasn't really clear because know. okay, so he he's doing like he talks a, like Peter Lorre. Pepe, no wait, what is he doing? He's doing a um, Peter Lorre. No, he's doing. He's not doing Peter Lorre. He's doing um. Yeah, because he sounded so much to me like um. What's the fucking mouse? Uh, the fucking mouse in Looney Tunes. Quick Peter. Quick Peter. Fast. Fast. Pepe. What's his name? The Speedy fast Gonzales. Mouse. Thank you, Brendan. I definitely didn't think that. The fact that we have Hold so on, much confusion about the accent it shows that it's probably not a very good accent of anything in particular. Brendan like watched it with me and was just like, "Yeah, he's just like doing some weird voice. This is just like an accent." I'll put in a yeah. clip, and the viewers can decide. Yeah, listeners, whatever. Have I ever lied to you before? <laughs> well, now we will look at our sign for today. So he tells you about the signs of the zodiac and what they mean. Yeah, which is valuable information kind of for your average, you know, seven-year-old. This is what you should do with the rest of your life, young child. You got to know child. whether you're an Aquarius. It is like vital information. We've also got the dying librarian. He's just called the librarian, but he looks like he's dying. All I found time. that to be he's really, old he... really creepy. I was actually like, this was the most watchable of the segments. Mostly because it's not as ad-libbed as the rest, because he's actually got, like, a story that he tells you that he's, like, clearly gotten written down. And, I mean, he's not, like, he doesn't have a terrible voice to listen to. It's kind of nice and calming. But it was Pretty creepy right. as But fuck. he tells you a fable. Uh, and all of the tales, all the fables end in something bad. Like, in the first step, there is a fox who uses a goat to get out of a well, then leaves the goat there to die. It's pretty nice. I didn't skip those segments, so you know they're all right. We've got... One of my least favorite ones, Griselda the Grizzly Gourmet. It is the worst and baddest, and I skip it every time. Brendan actually said to me that he thinks what the guy is going for is some specific person that we just, like, don't I mean, know. He, he sounds, he sounds kind of like Julia Childs when he oh, talks. Oh, do you think he's trying the to do that? The in his voice is very Julia. Yeah, I think oh, and so. Oh, the last Because, I mean, she was, like, one of the earliest cooking oh. shows. Oh. So it's a witch who has a cooking show where she just makes up nonsense on the spot. It's not funny nonsense, it's just sounds like they made up some words on the spot. And then she grabs some labeled ingredients and it's like, oh, whoa, this weird eye of trundle bus or something and just puts it in the thing. Or like, oh, these uh, colony ants of Malaysia and just mixes <laughs> them all up. And it sounds exactly like that, like little pauses every now and then where she tries to figure out what she's going to make a joke out of. And often not it doesn't good. land and doesn't happen. Yeah, and there's a bit too much of a lead-up that's clear, like, oh, I gotta think about what to say now, so it's uncomfortable. Then we've got the zoo guy, who I think his name is Ooga Booga. No, he it. says, no, he says Ooga Booga, but he I... He says think... Ooga Booga a lot. He's supposed to be Australian, I don't know. Every now and then I think you skip, like, you switched into a cockroach. Probably. He didn't seem like he was yeah. a master of disguise. So a guy rambles about birds that don't exist. Then we skip to the second part of the segment which is stock footage or footage of animals in really shitty 70s zoos with chain link enclosures and concrete everywhere. Yeah, looking sad. Looks pretty and fucking horrifying. And he's like, whoa, look at the cute little baby monkey. Oh, look at that. So cute. And he just kind of rambles over top of this footage. Oh, I did some reading about the zoos of the era, actually. So that I could find out, you know, oh, is it really just a zoo or is it like a holding enclosure? And then the actual zoos were okay in the 70s. But I should have known better because the 70s was a shitty time for animals. Aww. The zoos of the 70s, they had some like weird modernist stuff there was a lot of concrete involved 
but a lot of it was about the way that the enclosure looked. It was like a sculpture instead of a nice place for animals to live. So they tried at least, but they weren't really thinking, mm, maybe an animal would like to live in its natural environment instead of concrete. I mean, their life expectancies were okay. They were almost like what they are now because they actually took pretty good care of the animals, but they still lived on concrete and probably had miserable lives. And we get to see it up close and personal in these segments with whatever this guy is in a pith helmet and horrific face prosthetics and, like, a big bristly mustache. Oh. Ranting about them. And the segment was called Zany Zoo. Haha, ha, Zany Zoo! I see what we you see did there. a bunch of animals crying on concrete. It's great. Yep. And also, they will bring it. live animals onto the show. That was for the pet vet segments. The pet which vet. is another guy. They had two whole animal segments, which I appreciated. Except but also that they they're both kind of horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, like in this first episode, they bring a pheasant on, which is interesting. I mean, yeah, like I a, pheasant? That a pheasant. Like kids don't pet, like give but, shits about a pheasant. But it was awesome. It was so pretty. But it was so freaked out. It was in a wire cage to start with, and also it's just like, what the fuck am I doing here? They kept trying to feed it, and they would just kind of like drop seeds on its face. <laughs> and I'm like, don't just drop it onto its face, and it's too nervous to eat anyway. Let this poor thing be alone. Yeah, it definitely seems to be, like, teaching kids questionable attitudes towards, like, how to treat your pet. I mean, they had questionable attitudes back then. We still do, to some extent. But then you know what my favorite segment was? The gorilla thing. Oh my god, I hated that. So there were, like, these little bumper characters who weren't really characters per se. But they were just kind of like, here I am, it's me, the gorilla. Explain to me why you enjoyed the gorilla segments. It was just the most ludicrous stupid a guy in a gorilla outfit walked out holding something perhaps just did a thing or just walked out and then was hit by a rock thrown off camera and fell on the ground that was it with an amusing like whistling sound as he hit the ground like a little slide whistle and it happened like twice an episode and it was exactly the same every time the gorilla like never really did anything differently it was always the same. And that is why I loved it. Is because I feel almost like like the joke is somehow on adults watching this or something that like, haha, this is literally the stupidest thing we can think of, and we're gonna do it several times an episode, and you're gonna have to sit here and watch it. So we also had the Wolfman, and he is a groovy jive talking radio DJ who tells the time badly. Like that's the whole setup. It's like first somebody calls on the phone, intelligible conversation. I could not parse any piece of the conversation every single time. And then uh, he does like a gong sound and he tells the time, but it's always the wrong time. Hilarious. And then he plays a song of the era and dances to it on a psychedelic background green screen deal with Igor who comes out. They're both terrible dancers. Wolfman kind of like shambles about and Igor kind of flails his arms for the entire song. I'm sure Kid loved it because it was all, like, flashing colors, awesome green screen effects for the time. So, you know, kids probably got up and danced and grooved to it. But the first song in the first episode was Three Dog Nights, Joy to the World. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh, doesn't this song kind of have some? And then immediately it was like, make sweet love to you. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, like, kids listen to songs about sex all the time. That's going to happen forever. Yeah. But it was sort of like a... But on kids' shows these days, they don't let that happen anymore. Well, I don't know. They always do, like, the kids' bop version or something. Like, you know, you remember how on uh, Yo Gabba Gabba, Ghostface Killer came on and they just said, Ghostface! <laughs> so, they censor it a little bit more these days. 
they're conscientious about kids a little bit more than I feel like they should be. Kids don't give a shit. Kids aren't going to be ruined by hearing the word killer on TV. I'm glad you brought up Yo Gabba Gabba because I feel like in some ways Yo Gabba Gabba is kind of the spiritual descendant of this show. I don't agree. Why do you not agree? HR Puffin stuff has a lot more to do with it. Because yeah, HR Puffin true. stuff is like more big goofy animals in a weird world who learn moral lessons and they're actual yeah, characters. Yeah. Whereas this is more of like, I don't even know if it has an analog nowadays. Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. What's a spooky kids show now? Is there like a spooky kids show? Like Monster something with, I don't know, witches or something? Like what about maybe like Beetlejuice from the 90s? Like the Beetlejuice cartoon now see that still doesn't work because it's got consistent characters oh yeah that's true that's true well i mean this has consistent characters it's just but it's like a variety show we don't have kids variety shows like this anymore yeah it's sort of like the muppet show but the muppet show is like its own thing and much funnier (laughs) nothing like this has existed since and perhaps there's a good reason for it like there are pieces like the monsters arguably is kind of related but that was before that was before it's funny. It's because basically like I guess we could extend the scope to anything where it's a normal type show, but all the cast is replaced with monsters. So this is a variety show with cast replaced with monsters. Monsters is a sitcom cast replaced with monsters. So if we say it like that, then I suppose Monster High is sort of like hey. it in that it is a teen drama show with the cast replaced with monsters. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Anyway, there's even more characters still. There's actually one who is not played by the Billy Van dude. And that is the professor, who's an actual physics professor. He teaches very strange lessons. Oh, I think I missed this one. Yeah, he wasn't in the first episode. Uh, He was in all the ones that I watched after the first episode, though. What does he do? But he was an actual professor. He came on and taught you about physics. Ooh. They weren't necessarily very interesting lessons. Like, one of the first ones I saw was he put three points on a circle and, like, rolled it across the table and was like, wow, look at the shape that this dot moves across the table. What? And it's just, like, an arc. It just moves in an arc instead of, like, a round circle. What a weird lesson. (laughs) Also, I had never learned about this, which is weird. See, the dude was a physics professor, so of course he's, like, super into physics and doesn't necessarily know what kids want to learn about, because he thinks this is fascinating and amazing, and all the mathematical properties of this, like, arc that a dot takes as it rolls around a table is, like, amazing. But to kids, it's like, uh, I want to see an explosion, (laughs) which is chemistry, I guess, but it was just bizarre. But he was very excited about teaching people about these kind of boring physics properties. People loved this show. They really did. And I'm kind of like, I mean, okay, so what shows did we love when we were kids that now we're like, what the fuck were we thinking? I'm sure we wouldn't know. But, you know, I can kind of look back and be like, I'm pretty sure that, like, SWAT Cats wasn't as good as I remember it being. SWAT Cats, I've tried to watch it recently, I think, and I was just like, eh. Honestly, I mean, at least it has more interesting stuff than, like, Brave Star did. Yeah. Frankly. You're gonna hate me for saying this, but Thundercats... I, I kind of, like, fine, Thundercats it's is fine. It's tough to watch. But it's hard to watch. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, I, yeah. Thundercats is one where it's like, mm, kids can deal with this, but adults cannot. Kids just like the fun animation, and they want to be lions. Or at least I wanted to be a lion, I don't know about you. But. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, everybody wanted to be a lion. Like, what were we watching when we were, like, five? Because I have a feeling, like, that's the demographic. Like, anything under, like, eight, I would think would work, but anything over eight, I think you'd be too old. Now, see, I don't remember those years of my life. Oh. So, 
I don't know. Oh, oh wait, I watched um, Lost in Space, but only the color ones. Apparently, I didn't like the black and white ones. And like Lost and in Space, and I watched a lot of that. And Mom was very concerned about me because I wasn't reading and oh. I was only watching Lost in Space. But well, guess what? Look how great I'm you fine. are. You're so Make great. your kids watch Lost in Space. Oh wait, I also wanted to talk briefly. So the Wolfman character is racist, right? Is racist. racist. Yeah, it's definitely blackface, right? Oh yeah, Basically. for sure. And one time, in fact, during one of the gorilla segments. The wolfman popped up and was like, hey, look out, that's one of my people. And I'm like, oh! oh. <laughs> that's quite what the racist. Fuck? I mean, I'm sure maybe they were talking about animals and like, hey, look out, that gorilla's an animal and I'm a wolf person, but so just, of course I also am an animal. They're just, yeah, like the gorilla person looked a little too much like a person and a little too much like a, a horrible stereotype drawing of an African yeah. person. And then like the wolfman's, the way he talks is very like, yes. ooh. He's definitely supposed to be black. Ah. Oh man, so do you remember that bumper character who was the Indian man? Yes! Oh my god! Yeah. Very, very racist. I was just like, ah. She's a brown face as an Indian person sitting there, like giving weird life advice Playing on a sitar, sitar and then yeah. flowers would fall on him, and that was his whole thing. And he, you know, he would do a horrifically stereotypical screamed. accent. They're not even good jokes. They're just like no stupid jokes. They're like, haha, an Indian person. That was it. That was the only yeah, joke there. It. Was just, that was it. Haha, I'm an Indian person. Isn't that funny? And then, of course, the wolfman, his joke was, haha, I'm jive-talking, you can't understand a word I say, but it might also just be because he didn't know how to talk like that. So there was a good thing about this show, in that Vincent Price was right, there. Right, Vincent Price was here. Yeah, he interjected every now and then in differently themed costumes and with some weird props. Yeah. I mean, we already mentioned, but he recites poems about the upcoming segment. It was it's, nice. It's kind of like they had, like, a middle school drama trunk of costumes and props and just occasionally yeah. would be like, all right, what are we going to give Vincent to hold this time? At occasionally, one point, he had turban. tomatoes. Tomato? Yeah, he had tomatoes over his eyes. Like, it what? popped up and it was like, oh, here I am, Vincent Price with tomatoes over his eyes. <laughs> and he removed the tomatoes very dramatically to talk about the Oracle. So they didn't write this far in advance, but I sort of had the feeling like they filmed all of the Vincent Price segments, like, within one day. Like, the one day they could, like, get him. They yeah, just, like, that makes stocked the rest of the show with things they recorded on like that one day yeah. and also he is the he is the opening segment of every show yeah he's part of the theme song he like recites this little thing about the plot such as it is of the show and also yeah. he's beautiful openly... recitations yeah he except that he is openly reading which i think is kind of yeah weird. like you can see his eyes move yeah back and forth and i'm, and like, I'm like could oh, you okay. not memorize this how old is he on this show actually so, so he, he was... was 60 but he was like pre-abominable yeah. dr fives right I mean, Abominable Black Fives is not a very good movie. Well, no, okay, Let's fine. It's honest. not a very good movie. <laughs> but, like, you'd still think that it was definitely pre-thriller. left in his career. I mean, there was, like, there's always that part in an actor's life where it's, like, between when the people who watched him growing up, when they aren't quite old enough to hire him for stuff, uh-huh. there's a point where then they're old enough to hire him for stuff, and they're like, oh my god, Vincent Price is a fucking legend, and then they hire him for, like, bit parts. You're right. Or f- for being a Or for, like, Thriller. Yeah, it's like, like we something have where it's, like, Vincent you're Price Vincent Price, here. like, you evoke. Wow, like, kids' programming has come a really long way. <laughs> like, half of kids' movies now feel like they're actually written for adults. What am I thinking? They're like, Wally and Up and, like... They deal with quote-unquote heavy themes, I suppose. It's well, definitely not, like, but a half-goof-off thing. Right. But the jokes are funny. Like, the jokes are really funny in kids' shows now. Sometimes. Yeah, Sometimes. 
Like, but like um, they're definitely better than this. But then in like ponies. fifty years, they're gonna look back and be like, "Oh, that joke was terrible." Yeah, I wonder because jokes happen. are definitely a product of the time. Uh, we should like make a note right now. So we're making a mental note, and we're also making a mental note with everybody who's listening to us right now. Think about the shows that you liked when you were like ten. Write them all down and revisit that list when it's like fifty years from now. See whether you still like that show and whether it still speaks to you. We should do that. Whoa, Though, Vincent Price was Vincent Price the third. Wait, wait. Okay, so we had Vincent Price grandfather. Vincent Price senior was his dad. Wait, but then wouldn't he be a second? He would be a junior already. Whoa, so and you had just, a kid named Vincent. You're just spending a lot of time on the the Vincent Price wiki. Have you not spent time there before? It's That's just open in the background. Yeah. Look, I just figured I knew all the stuff I had to know about him because he's right. a beautiful man, and the knowledge is inherent to anybody who's spooky like me. But no, you don't know everything. Hey, you want to know something that I just learned on Wikipedia recently? Because we almost watched a movie. So we almost watched this movie that's, uh, it has nobody in it and it's about nothing. But it's it's supposed to be the villain or whatever (laughs) is supposed to be a Wendigo. Sounds great. You remember the Wendigo? Like from Camp's Fake Camp Fire Stories? Yeah, Um, I remember the Wendigo. It's called like, When Darkness Falls or something. Uh, okay. You should watch Ravenous, just saying. Uh, Ravenous? Uh, it's good as hell. Is it also about a Wendigo? It's on Netflix. Yes. What the hey? There's this whole subclass of like Wendigo scary movies that I haven't seen. Anyway, but so we looked up and the this Wendigo. One is good. So we looked up the Wendigo on Wikipedia, and we were like looking around and whatever. And so we found two things that I think are fucking amazing. One of which is that so there was like a Wendigo quote unquote sighting in like the Pilgrim era or whatever. Ha. Yeah. So the sighting consisted of there were hoof prints in the snow and they were cloven hoof prints and so everyone was like what is this oh my god it's satan slash a windigo and then uh, there are all of these yeah a goat and there are all of these theories about what it actually is you know because of course it looks like it's walking on its hind legs and what and my favorite a goat. my favorite theory my favorite theory is that it was hopping mice uh, little field mice hopping through the snow that's interesting i I don't think they have very large hoofed feet. Right, but they but like I'm when wrong. they jumped, they would create a little bit of like a scuff that would make it look like a little cloven hoof when they were like jumping. Man, can that would be complicated. It? It's so cute though. Yeah, I can picture. Like it, all but... I'm seeing is yeah, like sure. this little like clump of pilgrims, you know, standing in the snow, looking <laughs> down, being like, "What the fuck? Look, it's the Satan's been here!" And then off in the distance, there are just little hopping mice like popping up out of the snow, causing mayhem everywhere they went. I love but it. see, if they were in the shape of a cloven hoof when they jollied about, then perhaps they truly are servants of Satan. <laughs> so it circles so back maybe they're like little there. tiny satanic mice. But yeah, yeah, and then my second thing that we found that I was incredibly happy about, and Brendan loves it even more than I do, is phantom kangaroos. Uh, There's a whole... So this is an Australian thing, right? No, 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 no. There's a Wikipedia article called Phantom Kangaroos, and I highly recommend that you look it up. It's basically just, like, kangaroo sightings yeah. that make no sense. Because they're not in Australia? Yeah, because they're in, like, you know, Montana. Huh. It's uh, They're real, is the thing. They're not actually phantom kangaroos. They're, like, kangaroos they're sightings. They're real kangaroos who They're escaped? real kangaroos who, like, escape from jails. Or not jails. <laughs> zoos. And, like, are roaming the landscape. And there are well-documented little populations of <gasps> kangaroos that... Oh, my God. Like, in Poland and places that are just, That's like... That's amazing! You know, yeah, like, they're, like, little families that... I'm are sure like, they would, like, do fine in the American Midwest. Though, kind the of thing like is Australia. also I that mean, a lot of them there. end up being actually wallabies. So it's not really phantom kangaroos. It's phantom wallabies. Oh. Good enough. Yeah. They hop around. They're very soft. I got to touch a, a gray kangaroo one time, and it was so soft, man. You have no idea. They're so soft. 
Marsupials are the softest creatures. And that's funny because I kind of picture them as being like wiry and tough and like gristly. Yeah, like a deer or something. Yeah. But no, they're soft like clouds. Oh. And they were so sweet. They tried to eat my friend. It's great. So, Abby, what was your high for this show? It's very clear. Vincent Price is a beautiful voice see, speaking see, to me in rhyme. Doesn't even matter what he says. All he has to do is just say it with that beautiful voice. What about your low? I think it was Griselda. I think. I mean, but there was also another little bumper character, this mosquito. It's a green screen behind a person dressed as a mosquito, and then they would kind of edit it over this drawing of a foot, and it would kind of like fly down to the foot, tell a super bad joke in like a high-pitched, sped-up voice, and then say, oh, lunchtime, and then fall on the ground and like stick its nose into the foot. Uh. And it was just the most awkward, horribly staged, uncomfortable image. And I don't know why it was so bad, but like, I hated it from the very core of my being. Oh god, you know what this reminds me of? You know what I Griselda just- was I bad, just so. figured out what it reminds me of. The Monkeys movie. Oh, sorta. Like, with- you remember- The Monkeys was kind of like this, right? It was kind of, like, yeah. goofy and fun, but it was done well, because it was partly scripted, and they were very cute people. But specifically, the movie, you remember the part- there's, like, one part where they're all dressed in white, and they're on a scalp, and they're pretending to be dandruff? Absolutely not. Wow, I don't remember that Yeah, you should go back and watch the Monkees movie, because they were doing a lot of whatever drug was popular at the time, and they ended up with some pretty weird sketches on that in that movie. Maybe people in the 70s were just weirdos. Why I we think so. I think maybe... They could just like, be this show was probably just weirdos. totally normal in on the backdrop of all of the other weird batshit things people were doing in 1971. So, Maddie, what were your highs? Probably my high was that... Igor just gave it his all, you know? Like, he was singing, he was dancing. Whenever he did a little dance, I was just like, Igor, you go. You go, Igor. He was always so excited to meet those animals, too. He was. He was genuinely excited to be like, hey, a pheasant. Oh, dude, I forgot to mention, there was this episode I watched, like, right before we did the show. So they had a rat snake, which are very cute. I like them a lot. And they're very nice snakes, as far as snakes go. Uh Uh-huh. But, of course, the snake was very upset that it was on a television show, and all the animals were. <laughs> right. Even, like, dogs and stuff were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe what is going on. I'm so afraid. But um, <laughs> the snake, they, in fact, were like, if this snake gets alarmed, it has, like, a little rattle in its tail, which is interesting because it's not really, like, related to rattlesnakes. But to demonstrate it, they just poked it with a stick. Until it rattled at them? Until it got mad enough to rattle at them. Wow. And like, don't do that. Don't distress your animal even more. And then it, like, even got riled up to the point where it, like, opened its mouth threateningly at them. But they didn't zoom in on that part. Wow. The poor snake. It was very cute, though. It has oh. such a, it has, like, a little smile on its face. So what was your low? Um, let me see. Oh, gosh. Wow. There's a, a garden of delights Yeah, here. there's a lot to choose from. Um, and I do, I feel bad for ripping this show apart. We didn't even really rip it apart. We just are, like... We're not even really touching we just it. We just like, it was just it. so bad. We just describe it. We just, yeah. And people people loved it, and I feel bad that I have to be like, no, it's, it's kind of shitty, but hey, you know, maybe that'll... Well, you gotta recognize when things that you like are shitty sometimes. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, like, yeah. it's shitty to Like, us. there are some things that I like that I know are objectively shitty. Like what? And I'm like, I recognize that this is, like, Babes in Toyland, perhaps. Wait, do I actually like that? I can't figure out if I like that or not. Actually. It's like the irony has become or so deep like... in our lives that we can't figure out what's ironic and what isn't anymore. So what's my low is the question. As soon as the wolfman came onto the screen, I was like, no. And I think that was probably where my stomach, like, fell out, was just like, oh, God. And then probably it happened again once that, like, Indian guy character came on. 
And I yeah. like I was just like, wow, wow. Okay, so those those are my twin lows. Was like as soon as I realized that we were gonna go there with this show, and it was just gonna be straight up racist. <laughs> so I'm gonna run soonish because I have a very romantic val- Valentine's evening planned with my sweetie, right, B? You. So Med. Yeah. What are we watching next time? Do oh yeah, remember? we're watching the Cowboys of the Moose. Did I say it right? I, I think so. Let me check the email. Of Moo Mesa. Sure. The Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Wild this... West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Wild Cow West. Spelled C-O-W. Yeah, this is a very complicated name. Wild West C-O-W Boys of Moo Mesa from Kara Million. Thank you, Kara. We really appreciate it. I know we just did an animated show that was a Western, but this one is too weird to pass up. It's about cow people, so yeah, we have to see it. So excited about this. Anyway, so, I hope you're so okay we're going to watch that next time. I feel like we should have something that we say at the end that's like our, our like tagline for the end. What should that be? My tagline is bye. We should say some Bye-bye. snappy thing. We should say something snappy. Don't watch this. Don't watch this Don't show. make the same mistakes that we have. That's our snappy. That's, that's, that's a good one, actually. Thing. All right. Until next time. Don't make the same mistakes we have. <laughs> Bye-bye. And wait, and wait. Oh, wait. Also... If you have a show that you think would fit our show that you have <laughs> found, uh, then email us at sistertimepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. And also, thank you to my Patreon supporters. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.